With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This Tennis.com podcast is brought to you by ASICS. Sound mind, sound body. You're listening to the Tennis.com Podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another podcast from Paris. I'm talking with Steve Tigner, who is at Roland Garros. I'm Ed McGrogan here in the States watching the tournament along with all you guys. Um, Steve just got back today from the end of quarterfinal play. All the semis are settled in both the men's and women's draws. Uh, The men's are on Friday. The women start tomorrow, so we'll start with that. Um, the first semifinal tomorrow is going to be Lina, who is in her second straight slam semi of the year against uh, Maria Sharapova. And um, for me, I've always still this year with all Sharapova's done, still had kind of a hard time coming around to her. Uh, but it it does seem like she's really you know found the found possibly Grand Slam winning form. She just rolled over uh, Petkovic today. Yeah, she um, she's really she seems like she's playing with a lot of I don't know if it's confidence or just determination to win even when she's not playing her best. Uh, Pekovic was terrible to start today. She was nervous and was missing everything for about four games. Sharapova was good for a while. Then the match got a little close, um, sort of scrappy back and forth. Some misses, not a lot of momentum in the second set. But um, even despite that, Sharapova not really being at her best, suddenly she was at 5-3, uh, you know, about to win the match. You look up and, and she'd, she'd sort of figured out a way to win without her best, which I think is, everybody says that's the sign of somebody who's, who's playing well or is dangerous, who, who um, you know, who feels like they know how to win and has some kind of confidence going, even if things aren't going perfectly during and Matt, she obviously wants this. This is a career Grand Slam. And this is her best chance, probably her only serious chance at the French Open. She probably she may never really believe she was going to win this tournament. Um, so there's a lot of motivation there. Yeah, the draw for the draw for her is kind of it reminds me in a way of how Federer ended up snagging the French in 2009, where really he got rid of Nadal. He didn't have to play him, but. Besides that, Sharapova has taken advantage of the draw. She's, she's won her matches. So what do you think about her when she plays Lee tomorrow? And Lee, aside from a real drought um, after the Australian Open, it was a pretty long one, but she's been super steady at the Aussie Open, Madrid, and Rome, and now here in Paris, making really deep runs every time. Yeah, it's hard to figure out. What her story is she wins she almost wins the Australian Open she probably she was close to winning even winning the final over Kleisters um, 
and then she doesn't really do anything until now. Uh, I don't think ever known as a clay quarter. She says she says now she likes clay, um, but here she is in the semis. Um, sort of out of nowhere, you really wouldn't they wouldn't have thought she was going to suddenly do something. But she has a great game. She has as good a backhand as anybody, and it really hits as big as anybody. She could definitely beat Sharapova just on form. She's probably a more if she's playing well, she. You, know, you might say she's the better player. Um, Sharapova is, is the more, is the fiercer competitor and I think the better winner. Uh, so I don't know. I, th- I guess you, I would go with, with Sharapova just on that. Um, Lee Nam may be more likely to have a bad day. But, but as far as just hitting the ball, I you know, can easily see Lee Nam winning that match. Right. Uh, the second semi tomorrow, the fouls that is Bartoli against Schiavone. This is the 5 against the 11 seed here. Uh, Bartoli came off beating Kuznetsova on long on a couple uh, two days ago. Schiavone uh, has kind of, she was the one I think many of us kind of put in put in the, the French picks only because she was the defending champion. And uh, I think many people would, would pick her at the moment as is maybe their winner. What do you think about um matchup between these two? It's going to be an emotional match. We know that. A lot of um, a demonstrative match. Two kind of, you know, Schiavone, a real performer, a real, um, you know, a real showman, showwoman on the court. But Bartoli is just, she was sort of out of her mind, berserk when she won uh, the last match to, to reach the semis, trying to become the first French woman in, I think, 30, 40 years um, to win this tournament. She, I don't think she ever thought she was really had a chance at it just the furthest she's gone. Uh, so a lot of um, a lot of emotion. One thing I thought Schiavone would beat, would play better against Pavlyuchenkova in the last round. I thought she would win that match, but she really only won because Pavlyuchenkova choked. She was well ahead and had that match in hand, and then and then got nervous. Schiavone took advantage, of course, but it started because of Pavlyuchenkova. So Schiavone didn't play as well as I thought she would in that match, um, despite winning. Bartoli will have the crowd. She'll have the moment. See how she reacts to it. A lot of French players haven't reacted to that well over the years. The vast majority haven't. Uh, so we'll see. Whatever it is, it'll be there'll be drama in that match. <laughs> now, how? I mean, I'm I'm just thinking about uh, if, if there was a French. Let's say Monfils or Song and made it to the semis here, which has happened Monfils a couple of years back. I know that would be getting um, an absolute ton of play over there. How is Bartoli's run being, um, I guess, treated over in France? Because I know it's kind of well known that this isn't, uh, you know, their their adopted favorite player, I guess. But I just kind of curious of how the media and everyone is really treating this over there. Is is it a really big event or is it um you know what's your feeling on that from being over there i haven't gotten the feeling that it's a huge event when um when monfi has made the semis and when some other men and when amelie moresmo played here uh even last year when when rezai played it felt like a bigger deal bartoli was out on langlon when she won the other day and it was a you know there was a a big crowd uh a big moment but it was feels like it's come as a little bit of a surprise, I assume it'll be a it'll be a huge 
thing tomorrow, but it hasn't been, at least as far as I can tell, this sort of um, media and you know this sort of crowd pleasing or sort of rousing event, which is surprising because Bartoli is, you know, she's she's born and bred French woman. Um, you know, maybe that people just didn't expect her to do this, and and they'll come around to it. Yeah, we'll see. The longest professional tennis match lasted 11 hours, 5 minutes, and took more than 3 days to finish. During the match, there were 980 total points played, 138 games, 2,189 strokes, and 489 backhands. And combined, the players spent over 11 hours on their feet. Just imagine how much longer they could have gone if they were wearing the ASICS Gel Resolution 3 with a Flexion Fit Upper for extra stability. It's engineered to go deep into the fifth set. ASICS. Sound mind, sound body. Steve is going to have a pretty extensive preview on the men's semis coming out tomorrow on Tennis.com, but we'll get an early start on it here. And it's the top four seeds into the final four. Um, this is something we usually may be expected on a hard court uh, slam grass obviously you know but uh, on a clay here uh, they all made it murray djokovic nadal federer uh today murray and nadal secured their spots there uh, those two are going to play let's start with nadal and murray since we just saw them today um i guess what's your early feelings on that match considering all that's happened this week well murray seems eager he uh He's definitely looking forward to it, the way he was talking. I think he thinks he has a chance. He said it would be incredibly difficult. Uh, he said he would have to play his best to win. Of course, Rafa said he would have to play his absolute best to win. So I don't know what happens if both of them play their best. Or they play uh, their worst. Or right. they play their worst. Um, Nadal obviously is the favorite. Murray's never beaten him on clay. Uh, but he has played him tough on clay twice in Monte Carlo. This year he took a set from him. I would say almost as important, or at least a factor that, that makes you think Murray has a chance, is he's beaten the doll at Grand Slams, Grand Slam semis, and quarter. he beat him in the quarters of the Australian uh, last year, and he beat him in the semis of the U.S. Open in 2008. Um, that's still, that's just, you know, the doll is still the five-time champion here in the, in the clay favorite. I think Murray goes in with not much to lose. He's never been to the semis of the French Open. He's, I think he's been pretty happy with his performance and the way he's won on matches, maybe not at his best. I think he'll be loose. I think Nadal today uh, sort of turned a corner. He played, you know, as this is the Nadal we've seen over the years on clay, taking control of points, running, moving well, better than he had been, hitting deep. Um, also winning close, a close set against Soto and sort of pulling out the part, you know, at the point of the match when you think he's going to pull out, he did. Um, so of course you still have to go with Rafa, but I think this is going to, I think this is going to be a really good match. Nadal in his press conference today said that it's difficult to compare Murray's talent with anyone else, which I think he meaning that he's just a tricky opponent. He doesn't give Rafa a lot. Uh, he does different things well than other players. I think Nadal has always found him to be. Maybe a more difficult opponent than you would have first think he would. So, um, but of course, picking it all. Yeah, yeah. They had a good uh, 
good match in Monte Carlo earlier this spring, so we'll see if that moves its way into Paris here. And with Federer or Djokovic, I think there's a lot more going on in this match than coming into this tournament than we might have anticipated. I think coming in, we might have thought, well, Djokovic is going to make his way here pretty easily with his winning streak, and Federer, maybe he sort of gets by there on on you know, in, on, on his name and, and sort of getting by the lower-ranked players alone, and then we get another Djokovic-Federer semi, which we've seen so many times. But instead, Federer has come in on... He's the only guy in the tournament who hasn't lost a set, and Djokovic has, hasn't played in what it feels like over a week now. Um, so what's, uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is um, maybe there's, maybe this isn't as clear-cut as we thought originally. Yeah, I think that's right. I think um, the Djokovic four days off really just, it, who knows how he'll react, but it's not ideal. I think it throws a little bit, I think that throws him off at least to start the match. I mean, it really does feel like he's, sort of dropped out of the tournament. He's going to reappear on Friday. Um, Federer has played very well. I wouldn't say wouldn't say it's been completely vintage, even though he hasn't lost a set, but he's been, he's been cruising, no problems, um, better than we would have thought. And I think he feels like he's in a good position. He's been saying along, you know, all along, there's a lot riding for Djokovic. He, that Federer feels sort of a moderate amount of pressure as a number three player uh, after, you know, Rafa and Novak, where he's he used to be, you know, he, he feels like he's won the tournament and that takes some pressure off. Of course, a little bit, of, there's a little bit of mind games going on there. He, he likes to say that there's a lot, that Djokovic has a lot riding on it because it, you know, that that makes Djokovic think there's a lot riding on, the, <laughs> on it if he hears him say that. Uh, but I think Federer feels pretty good about his position. I feel like he he um, he comes in with less to lose than he's and, and a little looser and freer than uh, than he's used to because it's not many people expect him to win and he hasn't beaten Djokovic this year. It's hard to believe that after all that Federer has achieved that he could still you know register on the radar with another win of his own. But uh, if he's to beat Djokovic and maybe somehow get one more shot at Rafa in the final it would be uh, you know be quite a story so we'll we'll see how that plays out and uh, like I said Steve will have the full men's preview tomorrow so be on the lookout for that as well as coverage of the women's semis too so uh, for Steve Tigner I'm Ed McGrogan thanks for listening to Tennis.com You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast thanks for listening For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.